primary care providers are the front line. They are the people that you first come to see. And we have to communicate to widows, yes, the W Connection nonprofit widow organizations provide an essential service of social connection to really help with the loneliness. What my perspective as a provider is if I don't know what your risks are, how can I take better care of you? Welcome to Financially Ever After Widowhood, the podcast where we empower women to take control of their financial future after the loss of a spouse. I'm your host, Stacey Francis, President and CEO of Francis Financial, an award-winning and nationally recognized financial advisory firm. With the help of incredible guests, I'm ready to guide you through this challenging transition. Health and widowhood. These are two words that are very closely linked. Studies show that widows are a ticking time bomb for health issues. This was a quote from our amazing guest today, Jean Jacobwitz, who is an adjunct professor at Georgetown University, well as New York University here in New York City. She comes to us with a degree in public health, midwifery, and is a fellow of the American College of Nurse Midwives. She shares with us that after her husband passed away in 2010, she decided to transition to teaching, as well as advocacy work for women, health on Capitol Hill, and research on the health of widows. She joined the W Connection, helping to move forward not only personally, but it also sparked her passion in the mental and physical effects of bereavement on the body. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Make sure that you stay to the end because in addition to Jean really explaining what that health and widowhood connection is, she shares how you can put pieces in place to make sure that you are taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, and making sure that you have the best health possible, not only now, but for the rest of your life. So without further ado, please help me welcome our special guest today, Jean Jacobitz. Jean, it is fantastic to have you here. Welcome to Financially Ever After Widowhood. Oh, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. It's great to have you here. You are the expert, everything about health, in particular for women. And as we just learned, you too have gone through widowhood and along that journey and really seeing firsthand the impact it can have on many parts of your life. But part of that is also health. So tell me a little bit more about that journey of how you found yourself as a real advocate working for women's health on Capitol Hill, doing research, working with widows as an adjunct professor, both at Georgetown and as well as New York University. I feel like your story is just really fascinating and really inspiring. Oh, thank you. Life is a journey, isn't it? And we have things that happen that when you look back, even though it was so extraordinarily painful to become widowed, where I've ended up is in such a good place in terms of paying it forward. At the W Connection, we talk about that a lot, that this is not about simply talking about the person you've lost, but rather 
how can we move forward? How can we pay it forward? How can we reinvent Uh it? So for me, I had been practicing and I had a hospital-based practice in doing women's health, midwifery. And then my last eight years, I was in an OBGYN practice with my husband. It was the first time we practiced together. And when he died, I realized that I couldn't stay there. I had to catch my breath, which you'll hear widows say almost very frequently that they just couldn't breathe. And Mm -hmm. the change of scenery, and you find yourself sort of trying to outrun that grief with a tremendous anxiety and the need to just find a safe space for yourself. So I did that. And just coincidentally, a couple of years later, a friend had connected me with someone she knew who was part of this widow organization. I was living in New Jersey. And at the time, the W Connection was relatively young. Dawn Narji started it in 2009 in New York City. And I had just was relocating to New York City about a year after David passed in 2010. I found out about the W Connection and had wished I had known about it in those first two, three years. But they were looking for someone The connection was because I had expertise of doing online and they were thinking of doing online groups back that BlueJeans was the platform. This is way before Zoom. So I got to the W connection in sort of a roundabout way. When they found my background, we realized that there was a gap on the board and in the organization of someone who really knew women's health and how complex our health can be and how the mind and the body are so interconnected. So that became my role. And about, I would say a year after joining the board, one of our members who owns this really fun outdoor restaurant on the Hudson River in New York City would host sort of quarterly meetings for members because it was still pretty local. And when people started to hear what my background was, they started talking to me about their health very openly. And at the end of the evening, I went up to Dawn and I said, Dawn, we have eight women from 40 to 65 in the same support group in the Upper West Side in New York who've all had breast cancer. And I said, this is not a coincidence. There's something here. Also, it had a couple members come up to me about bizarre immune-related issues they were having. That's what piqued my interest. And I was at Georgetown. We'll fast forward because it took time to go through the Institutional Review Board at Georgetown to get permission to write up the survey consents. And I did it with two colleagues of mine as well. And what was very interesting when I decided to say, okay, well, let's see How do widows perceive their health? How do they? Because you see so many articles out there, Jean, about widows and dealing with trauma and grief. You'll see some about finance, but I have to tell you, I've seen little to nothing out there other than some of the work that you've done about widows and health concerns and what you're seeing, the unspoken truth that Women who are widows dealing with this trauma and grief and additional stress are much more likely to develop health issues, some of them even long-term health issues. Yeah. Once I started to delve into the literature, it's very interesting. There was a flurry of research in the early 90s and then nothing until around the time 
we're up to about 2018. Everything got finalized. This was pre-COVID. The more I read, the more I said to myself, if anyone looked at the serious fallout from widowhood in just a patient walking through the door, you would say as a healthcare provider, this patient is a time bomb. But no one was putting it together for widowhood. Two of the most interesting things that I found when I was started delving into the literature about this, people hear about the broken heart syndrome. Tell me more about what that is. Yeah, right, because yeah. not everybody on this podcast may know what the broken heart syndrome is. Broken heart syndrome or Tuxubo syndrome is specific to widows and widowers. And you see it within the first three months of loss. And there are actual physiologic changes in the left side of the heart muscle. And it is completely reversible if it's identified in time. If not, it mimics a heart attack and people drop dead from this. It's very, very serious, and it is directly related to grief and stress. So that was the one piece that people tended to recognize, oh, broken heart, when they would say years ago, he died of a broken heart. Well, they literally did, or she did. But then I started looking beyond that because my experience at the W Connection, my personal experience, is that everybody grieves in a very different way. There's no timeline. I can't say to you, widow A is absolutely going to be sick, then widow B is perfectly fine. We don't uh-huh. know. We know how grief affects the immune system because of the stress, the specific stress. But what we do know is when you have acute stress, you hear about something, it's shocking, you get over it. You have a big exam coming, you're stressed, you take the exam, your body goes back into its normal balance, right? It's in a stable equilibrium. It's that chronic stress repeatedly, and your body is secreting epinephrine, norepinephrine, cortisol, that kind of fight or flight reaction that in some ways helps us. When you're frightened, you suddenly have this surge of energy, you can run. Women, when they're in labor, they get that surge of energy, and it's a positive energy. But our bodies are not designed to have a constant pounding. Interesting information in some of the research. You see someone, a friend is widowed. How are you? I'm fine. I'm doing the best I can. Your friend looks like they're really doing pretty well. Well, they may be saying this to the world, but behind the scenes, the brain is not shutting off. It's grieving still. The stress is still there. It's like behind the window dressing. Constantly secreting these hormones that are putting your body on overdrive. I made a list of some of the things we see that widows can be at risk for. Talked about cardiovascular, immune-related disorders. We look at irritable bowel. We look at hypertension, somnia, diabetes, osteoporosis. These are serious comorbidities, eating disorders. These are things that You know, Vivek Murthy, our Surgeon General, wrote a wonderful book called Together. He traveled the United States looking at what are people concerned about, thinking it would be hypertension, opioid addiction, obesity. But what he found was it was loneliness. People were lonely. And so I always add loneliness to the list because it's hard to know what came first with loneliness and social isolation. 
But what I do know and what I have come to know more and more is we need to recognize risk factors. Right now, everyone is talking about social determinants of health when they're talking about people at risk, people of color, people in low resource areas. Yeah. yeah. But those social determinants are integrated into many widows' lives. So financially, they have lost their job. They may have lost their housing. They may live in a poor resource area where it's not easy to get food for their kids or they have young children. And post-COVID, we've been seeing much younger widows. You take those stressors and then you add those social determinants on top of that. And we're too reactive in this country. We should be saying, well, how do we keep people healthier in spite of life stressors? Widowhood is unique in that it's almost like we're ghosts. Everyone expects people to become widowed, but we have women in our organization that are 35 years old and widowed. What do you find? No one expects. Exactly. When you look at the studies about the effect of grieving in particular, study came out about two or three years ago from Australia, where they were looking at osteoporosis in widows over 50. So they wanted to see, is there any difference in bone loss in widows versus the general population of women? And what they found is the stress from grief, it expedited bone loss. They used actual bone densities to measure how much bone loss. Simply the grief from widowhood was putting people at risk for osteoporosis. Osteoporosis, people have fractures, right? Yeah. They can't work if they have a fracture. They end up in emergency rooms. And all the expenses. And I was just looking up the statistics for how women start retirement versus men as far as how many dollars they have. The number is paltry. They start retirement with $70,000 less than men. That was actually from a recent study by Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. You're looking at all of these potential medical issues, women then starting retirement, having fewer dollars to support that. And this $70,000 less than men, this is just looking at the general public. Widows start retirement with even fewer dollars. And women, we live about five years longer than men. We have significantly higher medical costs. You're adding up all of these additional stressing factors. This is my mind. I'm immediately going to like, well, what's the answer? How do we make sure that this doesn't happen? And obviously, financial perspective, right? Being able to afford it, but more importantly, quality of life and be able to provide for your family, especially if you're a young widow, being able to live your life for your children, your grandchildren. I have seen so many individuals with losing a spouse that their health is the last thing on their mind. It really reminded me today in preparation for our podcast, it's my mother's birthday and she passed away about 14 years ago, very young. And I saw my father, he very quickly after mom passing away had a stroke. He's still with us now. Thank God he was able to recover. But the last thing on his mind was taking care of his health. Quite frankly, he didn't want to go to the doctor. 
she had just passed away. And there was a lot of, you know, frustration about that. And almost the feeling of like, well, do I really want to be living? Why do I need to go to that checkup? I've had it. So Jean, I know that's a lot there, but the biggest concerns that people who are listening, whether they are a widow themselves or they have a dear friend or family member, how do we make sure that with all this data that really points very directly to this is an issue, if you are a widow, you are much more likely to develop many of these very serious lifelong diseases. What should she be thinking about? This is a great question. And it's really what prompted the research on my side, because what I ended up finding, interestingly, it was posted on social media and different groups, getting permission to do an anonymous survey, got over 500 responses. But what was very interesting, not to go into all the details, the most striking question was, if your healthcare provider recommended you come in more frequently, would you? And it was a resounding yes. I thought at that point, okay, we can see people, some really didn't feel less well, but we did have a fair percentage that felt they had developed new conditions or something was exacerbated. But the bottom line is, in my opinion, and it's my public health background, primary care providers are the front line. They are the people that you first come to see. And we have to communicate to widows, yes, the W Connection nonprofit widow organizations provide an essential service of social connection to really help with the loneliness. What my perspective as a provider is, if I don't know what your risks are, how can I take better care of you? So the next phase really is to educate women and people who become widowed to go into that visit. Because only recently is widow an option on an intake form. And most people will say, oh, I'm so sorry. And then they do the visit and say, see you in a year. Well, maybe there are some people they should say, I'd like you to come back in three months. I want to check your blood pressure. I want to check your blood sugar. Check it at home. Have you had a mammogram, your colonoscopy? We're seeing cancer in younger people. So that's one of the things that's really, really important. And the next study we're going to be doing is looking at perceptions of providers. The first thing is to advocate for yourself. Ask, do I need to come back in? What can I do to stay healthy? I had diabetes when I was pregnant. Now I'm in my 40s or 50s and I just lost my person. What do I do? You know, they're at risk for diabetes just from that history. Stroke, the same thing. It's a vascular disease. We know it's sensitive to hormonal influence. So providers need to be aware, but people who are widowed, they are so exhausted. Self-care is the last thing they're thinking about. I know. The more that this is out there, because right now a lot of this information is getting lost in COVID. It's getting lost in the general public's bereavement. Widowhood has been around a long time and women are being ignored. Sometimes I think it's because it's a life event that was specific. So when men become widowed, percentage-wise, they marry within three to six months. Women can be by themselves. And for some women, they're not unhappy by themselves, but there's no reminder. Another study I had looked at talked about the effects of 
when you're caring for someone who's sick, you're taking them for their checkups. And it makes you think about getting your checkups. Yeah, it makes you think. There's no social reminder for you, healthcare reminder, when you're in the throes of grief. That's one area. The second way is by stimulating the hormone oxytocin, which most people know about for people in labor, but oxytocin is known as the happy hormone. So Uh how do you stimulate that? You laugh, you dance, you smile, you hug yourself, you get hugged by other people. You do things that make you smile. Another couple studies I read said that by simply putting your hand on your heart, you can mm. oxytocin. It sounds so simplistic, but it really helps control those raging hormones from stress. Our country is so reactive, and your question really zeroes in on being proactive. So yeah. if someone knows that they're going to be widows, and I have a very dear friend whose husband is very sick with Parkinson's, and we talk all the time. So I can really help prepare her in ways. It's better if you can get to people when they're caregivers still and rather yeah. waiting till they're actually widowed. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of things. Number one, really advocating for yourself. Yes. And a hundred percent how important that is going to those appointments, asking those questions. One of the things, Jean, that I hear too is sometimes clients of ours will bring their child or a dear friend just to be there to help them ask those questions too. I'm also hearing part of our biggest way of combating this is the happiness drug, which is oxytocin, which is produced by us. And whether that's laughter, hugging, heart on your chest, dancing, that's another area. And I'll share, there was a time when I was really struggling when I was in my early 20s trying to find myself. I enrolled in a class that was so outside of my comfort zone. But the fact that I even remember this decades later, it was a laughing class offered at, at the local YMCA. And I will tell you, Jean, I walked out of there feeling so much better about life. Nothing had changed, but just the act of making myself laugh and the act of making myself smile when I was walking down the sidewalk, how that really made a difference. And the third thing I'm really hearing you talk about is something that so many women, men too, but I agree with you, a lot of men do get remarried very quickly where she tends to not and sometimes never gets remarried. That loneliness and creating connections in your life, one of them being the W connection. And you are chairman of the board of the W. I was. Now I stepped down after my term. So now I'm a member of the board now. Member of the board have been past chairman of the board. And you've talked a lot about the W connection. Can you share more with our listeners about the W connection and how they can bring that into their life, whether they're a caregiver or a recent widow or have been widowed for many years and really crave that connection. And I will tell you, connection is, I think, one of the basic founding fundamentals of a happy, fulfilled life. And so many of us struggle to have it, especially after losing your spouse. Yes. And COVID was a game changer in many, many ways. People were socially isolated 
So they reached out to Zoom. We became virtual and national, small but mighty, and we started to reach more people. And people realized you can even have a social connection on Zoom. We have some brick and mortar clubs now that are forming in different states, but they don't replace the actual programming. So we really have a series of focuses. Dawn runs our pure-led topic meetings with facilitators that the W Connection has trained, their members who are a little further out in their journey, and they want to pay it back. So they facilitate these groups. They're done online four times a month for different time zones. It's not therapy. We're not a bereavement organization, but it's really very topic-focused and structured, and it is a curriculum. There's that piece. We have a W chat where people who are a little further out and want to sit around and chat, a girl's chat. Maybe it's about, I'm thinking of dating again, or I don't know how to balance my checkbook, or I don't know where to go with my career. We have a book club. And then what I do, my particular area is I run all the webinars and workshops with a committee of members that have volunteered to do it. And many of them have a background in education or business or marketing. And we offer one-hour webinars every month for our members. I usually have one to do the reaching out more often than not because of being at Georgetown. I can access people faster for some reason. I think they see the email, but we have had topics on financial health. They're all sort of wellness-based, financial health, finding a purpose, mindfulness. We've done a lot. Anything you can think of, we've had a webinar on. And what I'm excited about in 2024, we're going to do a three-part women's health series. We'll do one on pre, peri, and post-menopause. We're going to do one on pelvic pain which is very common in men and women, but again, we're focusing for widows. And then our third one is going to be on just pelvic health. There's a wide range of that, especially when people are starting to think about dating again, general, what to look for so you're not in pain. That I'm really excited to be bringing in experts for that. And then we do workshops. So members have a particular skill or craft or art that they have found has helped them, brought them joy. And so mm-hmm. they workshop online with our members. We have a couple members that have their own exercise businesses. So they'll do one who does a yoga class, he'll come and do a workshop. What I love about the W Connection is that we're not one size fits all. We have lots of different opportunities for people, whether they're brand new widows or they've moved further along, but yet it's not, oh, you want to start a group going new. We provide structure and it's all research-based and evidence-based information that we use. And I think it's why the board was so excited when I wanted to do this research and were 100% supportive. And it was more of a partnership with the W Connection and my work at Georgetown. I love that. For all of you listening, I know we've gone through a lot and we're going to have all these resources. So we're going to have links to the W Connection. Jean, you also mentioned the book called Together. We're going to have a link to that as well as lots of different resources for everyone to be able to benefit from. Any other pieces or words of wisdom that you would like to share to women who are listening now who are struggling with their health 
or struggling through the stress and the trauma of widowhood who are listening to this and very concerned, understandably. I think the most important thing is that if you feel that you're not comfortable at going to your primary care person and advocating, find a different primary care person, physician or a nurse practitioner, whoever you're comfortable with, because that should be your lifelong health partner. And you should feel comfortable saying, I'm really worried about my blood pressure. I'm grieving. I'm so sad. I'm lonely. I'm struggling. And ask them if they have resources. Also, what I like about the W Connection is we can connect people. And the best way is when you bring other widows together, you mm-hmm. think, hey, I live right where you do, and I really like this person I'm seeing. Yep. Or I waited too long, and now I'm struggling with, they didn't know what was wrong with me. My menopausal symptoms were exacerbated by my stress of grief. I have to say, Jean, I just had this happen. I'm part of a list serve for moms. My daughter's now 14, and our primary care physician was no longer the right fit because she's having a lot of issues with her stomach, with her period. So I just put it out there saying, can you share the best primary care physicians for teenage girls who are struggling with their period and all these? I got the best resources and I walked out of the appointment almost in tears because she spent an hour with my daughter. That and that feeling of like, we have our person and we're already seeing that she's getting the support and the care she needs. And everyone deserves that. And I've heard from so many people the frustration of finding that right primary care. It's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's that they're not right. And so the connection of who are you working with? Who do you like? And just keeping those words out there, keeping those connections to find the right medical team. And the other thing that's interesting, Jane, I don't really have a primary. I do on paper, but my go-to person is actually my gynecologist. And she works almost as if she's my primary. And we talk about everything in my life. Well, when I say primary care providers, I'm including people because even for myself in my practice, I did well woman GYN, but I did a lot of primary care because for women, if you find a OB or GYN nurse practitioner or midwife that you connected with from a life event and you get a sinus infection, you don't want to have to go to somebody you don't know. You don't want piecemeal, especially if you have that connection. I can tell you, I was so honored. My primary care physician that I see here, when I moved to DC, you know, someone recommended her, and she sent one of her patients to the W Connection and paid a membership for her because she was so happy to know there was something like this available. Communicating that to providers is sort of my job now with this work I do, but also for you because you have a forum to really connect and finances are probably way up there. You know, when you look at these stress surveys, number one stress is loss of a spouse or a partner nowadays. And yes, it's that, but it's also the financial hardship. It's enormous what it does. Yeah. And that's what we are all about of helping individuals who 
have a spouse with a terminal illness or unfortunately he has passed away, helping them plan to have that secure future so that that piece of stress doesn't have to be on their shoulders. I was very lucky because when David died, a good friend of ours was a financial advisor and she had started after raising her kids going back to it a few years before. And for some reason, I had said to him, David, at the time, you know what? You are older than I am. I want to go to a woman and someone I trust. And I trust Joanne. And honestly, I don't know as, quote, well-informed as I thought I was about finances. I really fell apart. I didn't know which way to turn. And I found that having her there made all the difference. Definitely. That's my whole life. And I agree that having people that you can trust to be on your team, really important. Jean, I can't thank you enough for being here. We'll make sure that we include all the information to be able to get a hold of the W Connection. And if anyone wants to reach out to you personally, is it best to do so through the W Connection? What's the best way? You can give them my email, jjmail.com, because the W Connection one, that will come directly and it won't get lost in my other emails. and. Great. So we'll make sure that we put your email in the show notes as well as the information for the W Connection. I love the work that you're doing. That's one of the reasons why I really wanted you on this podcast because we don't think about our health enough. And I know, especially for widows. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Financially Ever After Widowhood. Thank you so much. This was one of the most impactful podcasts I feel like we've had. Health is one of the most important pieces of anyone's life. And if you don't have health, well, quite frankly, it doesn't really matter how much money is in your pocket. And for many individuals, they worry about being able to afford health care. In fact, recent studies showed that one in four women were concerned about paying health care bills in the last month. If you're concerned about your finances, if you're concerned about your long-term financial security, that's what we are here for you at Francis Financial. We are a fee-only independent wealth management firm and our superpower is working with women who are on their own because their partner is no longer unfortunately by their side. We can model out your life out to age 95, looking at all the different scenarios to make sure that you can move forward in a way that is healthy and financially secure. Thank you for joining us at Financially Ever After Widowhood. We'll be seeing you in two weeks. Thank you for tuning in to Financially Ever After Widowhood. If there's a question you'd love for us to answer on the podcast, we can do that for you. All you have to do is give us a call and the number is 347 382-5580. Let me say that again. 347-682-5580. Whether you're working with an advisor or you're maybe doing it on your own, we invite you to reach out to us at www.francisfinancial.com or you can email me at stacy, S-T-A-C-Y, at francisfinancial.com. Our hope is to be a resource for you to help you also find a great financial advisor, whether that be with our firm or one of our trusted colleagues. Please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and join us next time on Financially Ever After Widowhood.